Well, my name is Brad. I'm the lead pastor here at Crossbridge, and this is Bruce Colbert. He was the former lead pastor and now tech director of all things Crossbridge. Yeah. We're excited so about apparently that. Apparently, that's my problem. That is, that is your problem, right? That it's happening. So, you know, it's funny thing is, you know, uh, we've got so many more new people that they probably don't even know who you are. I'm good with that. Because you are, <laughs> you hide behind the sound sound booth all the or the sound booth and behind the soundboard all the time. But uh, anything that has to do with anything digital around here, Bruce is responsible for. So we blame him for basically everything that Only happens. Only from the technical side, not the content side. Yeah, there you go. That's you guys. That, there you go. So anyway, we're glad you're here. This day is going to look a little bit different than, than uh, typical because we're going to be talking a little bit about what God is not only doing, but what God has done here at Crossbridge. And, and he, he, here's the thing is there are so many new people yeah. Um, we, we actually had a list from Kim this last week, and there are like 28 new families over the last several months. Yeah. And um, they don't know the history. They don't know anything. So we said, well, let's talk a little bit also about the history, uh, about what is happening. And, and as we were talking this week, we kind of laughed because we really stink at celebrating here at Crossbridge. Yeah, um, that's kind of just been something we've not been good at for a long time because we're always talking about taking the next hill, what's yeah, next, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. It's always, let's go, let's go, yeah. let's push, push. And we don't stop long enough sometimes to celebrate what God has done. And so uh, I'm going to ask Bruce here in just a second just to kind of walk through the history of, of Crossbridge. And I think it does two things. One, it gives newer people an idea of what God has done. And I think it's also good for us to reflect yeah. and celebrate some of those things because uh, a lot of you have been there through the thick and thin, through everything that has happened and watched God do some miraculous things. So give us a little bit about... Yeah, before I kind of go through a quick history here, let me also say that today is probably mostly geared toward um, those of you who are newer and maybe haven't heard some of our history and vision, as well as um, maybe we're going to talk part of this time directly at people who actually have been here for a while, but maybe are... Uh, a part of our generations, right. right? So if you're a young person today who has been here for a while or someone online, there's probably a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about this morning that you're going to kind of go, well, duh, why are they talking about this? And hopefully you're going to see that it's because our generations don't see things the same, same way, way. And so that's part do we we want to talk about today. Yeah. How so, many Gen X do we have in the room? Gen Xers. Come on, Rick, be proud. Come on. How many of you don't know? Yeah, I haven't got a clue. Okay. Yeah, You're Molly. about my age, yeah. 50s. Yes. Okay. Uh, boomers, come on. That's his age. Come on. Old, yeah, old come on. There yeah. we go. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. You, you guys are going to, yeah, you, you're who we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> so if you are new or haven't been with us for a long, uh, um, for many years, let me just give you a five-minute history of how we got to this place. Um, you may not know that we actually started as Park Forest Church of God in the late 60s, um, and we had a building um, near the corner of Stellhorn and Reed Roads. Uh, there's a church there now that we sold the building to, and we got to the place um, around 2000 or so that we were um, doing multiple worship services, like three worship services. We'd already expanded the building once, and we were looking at, do we try to add on again? you know, do we have enough parking, blah, 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 and decided it wasn't smart for us to invest in that property anymore because we would be landlocked. And so we decided, let's start looking for um, a new place to call home. So we sold the church building a lot faster than we had planned on, and we weren't really ready for it. Um, and we went portable because we didn't know where we were going next. We became a, a portable church. And what that means is that 
Uh, we had two 28-foot trailers full of our stuff that we would pull up to an elementary school. We were at Lincoln Elementary for a while and then Shawnee Middle School uh, and then finally landed at the YMCA off of DuPont Road for many years. And we would unpack everything, set it all up, very similar to what you see today, you actually, full band, lighting, <laughs> video. Uh, do two services, pack it all back up, and do it again the next week. And we did that for about 12 years of that. And uh, if you were here during that time and part of the uh, load-in, load-out crew, you... Bless you. Yes. Yes. You're glad those years are over. Um, <laughs> That's not one, something they want to... They want to celebrate being it <laughs> right, over, not being celebrate done. doing yes, it. Yes, exactly. So um, we did purchase some property while we were portable. We purchased this property. We have 30 acres here. And in around 2009, we built what you see as the hub over there now was the first building on the property. And uh, we really built it so that we could do everything except Sunday morning um, that we needed to do. So it was for office space, for Bible studies, for small groups, uh, for meetings, for all kinds of stuff we could do. We called it the 6.5 campaign, which was really this is where we need to do ministry six and a half days of a week because we were still meeting Sunday mornings at the YMCA. And so we, we built that, and we thought maybe that was God's plan for us. We were using the property for C3 Sports, all that kind of stuff. And we thought maybe the story God's writing for us as a church is that we'll be portable on Sundays forever. And thankfully, uh, God brought us to a place where he said, no, it's time now to move out on the property for Sunday mornings. And so 2012-ish kind of uh, time frame, we built this building, the shed, and uh, moved Sunday mornings out here. And for, you know, when we first built this, it was actually even smaller than this. Um, it was just recently, you could actually see a line up here on the floor, and that was the size We would be sitting outside right building. now. <laughs> yeah. um, so we built this, moved here on Sundays, did uh, multiple worship services in here, a few years ago, we were struggling with, well, what do we do next? And honestly, the plan from the beginning was that we were going to build this nice big building on the other side of the hub um, someday, right? Um, we thought we were going to build like a, a two-gym or a two-basketball court, multi-purpose room to do C3 sports, basketball in, and then move worship over into the bigger building, all that kind of stuff. And we just looked at it a few years ago and just said it doesn't feel like that's what God's leading us to do as a next step, um, largely because, honestly, we didn't want to strap the next few generations with having to pay off that building. And so we decided what we felt like God was telling us to do instead was to just add a little bit onto this building, but at the same time chase a vision of um, really chasing online ministry and what that might look like. And so part of what we did when we added on to this building was uh, actually behind us on the second story is what we call our broadcast room or production suite. Um, there are a couple of people up there right now doing all the video switching and audio mixing for what you see on live stream if you watch us from home on Sunday mornings. We also use that room to do all of our video um, taping, our uh, generationally speaking podcast every other Thursday, a lot of the Bible study stuff. So it, it's a place where we can do a lot of our online ministry. And uh, so that's what we've kind of moved into the last year or so um, and has gotten us to this place. And along the line, um, all that time, God just continues to bring us uh, people that we can have an influence on to try to bring them into a relationship 
with Christ. Yeah, it's just been an amazing thing to watch. And, and I know when I came here in about 2006, one of the things that really attracted me to the church was that the, the mission statement that, that you had, already, it was already in place before I got here. Right. And, and the passion and commitment to this mission statement. And if you've been here any length of time, you've heard us talk about transforming lives by helping people take next steps with God. That is the filter that we run everything through. No matter what ministry we are talking about, no matter what we do, we're going to start a ministry, we're going to end a ministry. The question is always, are lives being transformed and are people taking next steps with God? We take it very seriously here. It's not just a, a catch line, this phrase. It is who we are as a church. Right. It's our like framework that we use to make decisions with. And there's really two big pieces of that. The first one is the transformed lives. Um, we've kind of said it this way, that if we were a factory or building some kind of product, the, the end product that we want from this organization is a transformed life. And that we believe that that's what Scripture says, that God does the transforming, but that's the thing that we want to produce with this organization is people's lives who are being changed and transformed. And then the next step phrase is kind of the other big piece of that, and that is the, more of the how-to. Well, how do we do that? Well, we want to help people take a next step in their journey in their relationship with God, and that really means it doesn't matter where you are in your journey. It could be that you've never heard about God and didn't grow up in church or whatever, and it might be that you've been in church for your entire life and grew up with it, and wherever you are on that spectrum, we want to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. Our, our walk is never done. Right. Our lives are always transforming no matter where we, where we are, and there's always a next step no matter where you are on the continuum of right. following Jesus. And that's, it's just been a brilliant thing. And like I said, that is the filter we run everything through, whether it be bridge kids, whether it be youth, C3 sports, everything. Our lives being transformed and people taking next steps with God. That is who we are. And so, you know, over the last few years, you know, as Bruce was, was lead pastor and... and We'd have these conversations, and, and uh, you'd come and say, man, you know, I, I, I'm just trying to hear from God. I don't know what's next. And, and there's always this, this, this thing, this internal, and, and the last couple of years, it's, it's been since I've taken over, the same thing is, yeah. you know, what is God calling us? What are, where are we going next? What, are, what is it? And it's always been this, this battle. And, and the funny thing was, and we remind ourselves, is God has always dealt with this church in one way, right. and that is just to take the next step. Exactly what our mission statement is. It, duh. You know, Who'd have thought? You would think we'd, we'd realize that now. But it's always been. It's, it's never been this grandiose thing. So you don't hear us talk a lot about like a five-year plan. Yeah, I mean, we kind of did away with that many, many years ago. That just felt like five-year, ten-year plans weren't the thing that God was calling us to. We talk more about a direction. Right. And every time that we've come up with, you know, the question of what's next, God only usually gives us that one, one. next step. This and then the, if we're faithful on that step and we move in that direction, then God gives us another one. And that's how, you know, we preach it from the standpoint of our individual lives being lived that way. And then we forget it sometimes, but we always come back to trying to live that out as an organization. Because there's always this pressure of, you know, we've got to plan this whole thing. And there's nothing wrong with planning. It's not sure. that we don't sit here and plan, right. you know, what we think is going to happen five, ten years, what have you. But we just know that God is calling us to this next step, yep. and he's always been faithful, and he's always brought us to okay, this is what that means. And there's been a lot of light bulb moments of, oh, yeah, now, now I see what he was doing. And so I want to read you a piece of scripture uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. And here's, here's what it says. It says, it was faith, by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. 
He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land, God promised him he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And it's exactly what we've been talking about, is that God has always operated with not necessarily a five-year plan. He always knew what the plan was. But all he's asking is is Which is all we need, right? Exactly. As long as he knows. Yeah, exactly. You know, this is what I want, Abraham, here's what I want you to do as the next step. Will you be faithful in just taking that next step? And it's how we have operated over the last decades, you know, and it's just been, it's been kind of cool. But here's Abraham leaving everything that's familiar, everything that is, you know, that he knows is comfortable for him. And I think that is, is part of what's happening in the church right now also is that there's some things that some of us, especially our generation, are very comfortable with. And we look out and we see some things changing. And we may not necessarily like that. Yeah, especially those of us, again, this is kind of the part where those of us who have grown up in church, been involved in it for a long time, um, you know, maybe from, you know, we were talking earlier this morning that it's weird for me now because I'm one of the old people, right? I've never been one Welcome. of the old people. Yeah. <laughs> You've been there for a while. Yeah, I've been there for a while. For me, it's a new thing, right? Like, I've always been the young, hey, I'm not that old. Um, I've always been. He's a grandfather now. I am. I'm a grandfather. That's weird. Don't say that. Um, You know, we've always been. We've always been the young family with kids, you know, and part of that younger generation coming up, and now I'm one of the older people, and it's it's a totally different thing to look at things from this perspective. And what's interesting is a lot of the changes that we're seeing now are things that, you know, if we were younger and many of the young people who are involved in church today, like I said, kind of go, well, yeah, duh. And we're thinking, wait a second, that's a big change for us. Right. Right. Exactly. So we're going to talk a few about yeah. a few of those things today. Yeah. So as Bruce touched on a little bit ago, about three years ago, we really felt like, like, our next step was digital. Mm-hmm. And if you were here along that time, we, we, we pitched this to the elders and the church, and, and we, in a business meeting, said, said yeah, we feel like God is asking us to, to add on this building. We're going to, and this is pre-COVID. Yeah, before uh, we knew COVID was before, COVID. Yeah. yeah, anything. And we said, there's something about digital. There's something changing. We, we just really feel like God is asking us to go digital. So we started taking next steps, and people said, well, what's that look like? And we said, I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> we have no idea. We don't know what it looks like. We don't know why. Yeah. It, it, we just knew that that was the direction that it looked like like we needed to go, and we started taking those next steps. and And you guys were amazing and said, "Yeah, okay, well, that's where you think like God's going to take us. Let's go." And who would have ever known that then the pandemic hits, right? And digital was all there was. Yeah. And God had already prepared us to do that, which was really cool. We were ahead of the curve. Not that we got everything right. We it's basically made, what happens when you like listen. It, exactly. To God. Exactly. And go ahead and take the next steps. Yeah. And and so it's just been amazing to watch over the last few years as as digital ministry has taken off here. Jordan's done an amazing job. Um, you know, if, if you're here a few weeks ago, we talked about uh, the, the first part of this whole Vision Sunday was was talking about digital. We launched yeah. a, a, a an app, a brand new app, hashtag ad. If you don't have the app. You're missing out. C3FW, all the kind of updates and things right there. Love to have you there. And then also we started a Facebook digital uh, campus, and it has blown up. It has been beyond expectation um, connecting. And and what we realized is that, and we knew this from the beginning, but we just didn't know how it was going to play out, is that church has always been, you know, basically one hour on a Sunday. Matter of fact, we laughed because we, we went to a conference one time or, or knew of a conference <laughs> one time that said, it's all about Sunday, stupid. Yeah, that was... Not that long ago where that 10, was the 10, catchphrase. 10, 15 years. Was, yeah. Was, yeah, it's all about Sunday, stupid. Yeah. And now it's, it's all about through the week, stupid. You know, it's not just about one hour. It's how do you leverage the other 167 hours right. in the week 
to do ministry, to keep people connected, to keep them growing, taking next steps and watching their lives be transformed. And it's been amazing to watch what has happened. Our digital ministry is doing more than what we even expected, honestly. Yeah. Talk a little bit about India. Yeah. So Jordan was sharing with us um, this last few weeks that uh, we actually have people who have downloaded um, our sermons and watched them or streamed them in India and it's not the same person because it's coming from multiple locations. And I don't remember, do you remember the number? Yeah, uh, the first month there was like 30 downloads, and this last month there was 34 downloads. Which is crazy in India. because there are a lot more talented people than you guys. So I don't know why they're watching. <laughs> why, why they would do that is but, beyond me. Yeah. But it's, it's been fascinating. And then the other stories, and we could sit up here and talk basically the rest of the time just about stories. I'll tell you one is we did that mental health series last year, and... Um, I had a, a, a guy from Florida that, that you must say, thank you for having the courage to do that series and talk about suicide the way you did because my daughter's really struggling. And that was one of the pieces that helped them put their family back together. And, and so there's impact being made. As a matter of fact, you don't, I don't know if, if people realize how much impact is being made. Yeah, so, so this is one of the changes for me um, to, to realize. Um, we're going to sh- share a few stats here in a second, but... Um, to think about in the last few years since we started the online ministry push, that um, a lot of stuff happens now outside of what you see on Sunday morning. And I work with a lot of churches across the country now, and especially uh, quite a few in the Midwest. And when COVID hit and people started going online, a lot of it kind of went to, well, we'll um, set up a, you know an iPhone on a, on a tripod and just stream our Sunday mornings, and that's our online presence, which is, is great. Yeah. It's a great starting point. But what we're seeing is in the big C church, there's a much bigger seismic shift that COVID just um, accelerated. It was coming anyway, yep. but now it's, it's really accelerated that it's really now about doing ministry online, not just streaming what's happening on Sunday mornings in the church. And um, what's interesting now is, I was thinking about this this morning, that our effectiveness now is probably almost as high with the ministry we're doing online as it is with what we're doing on Sunday mornings. Yep. So if you're someone who comes here on Sunday morning and this is your main engagement, you're only seeing probably half or less of what is really going on in the church. Yes. Which it blows me away because that's different than it used to we be. We truly have, have people connecting, taking next steps, um, following Jesus in a, in a manner on, online as much as we have on a Sunday morning. Yeah. It's, it's basically, yeah, it's, it's just been really and cool. And that's going to just continue. Exactly, exactly. And, and everything that's happening in our world right now, I mean, I think we would probably all agree we don't recognize the world that we live in now. It's, it's yeah. different, especially for us older people. Yep. You know? <laughs> I threw you in there. You've noticed that? I noticed that. But, but you know, it's just... You're saying, I can't believe what's going on. I can't believe some of the stuff that's happening in culture and society and things like that. And it's also happening in the church world. You've heard me talk up here, I don't know how many times, about you know, the blogs I follow and the, and the things I follow online and, and the comments from Christians to Christians. And you think, how, how can this even happen? And it's just, it's just a strange thing. And, and we are living in a post-Christian world at this point, a, post, a post-Christian culture. And for some people, that may be foreign. You may think, well, what do you mean by that? And so I, I just want to read this this definition of post-Christianity. Post-Christianity is a situation in which Christianity is no longer the dominant civil religion of a society that has gradually assumed values, 
culture and worldviews that are not necessarily Christian. Post-Christian tends to refer to the loss of Christianity's monopoly in historical Christian societies. And I believe that sums up exactly what we're living in and probably some of the tension that is in, in a lot of people right now, especially older generations. Exactly. For those of us, again, I grew up in the church, right? Mm-hmm. And if you think about it from your U.S. history, the United States was started with a Christian background. And so from the time the United States became a nation till just recently, the prominent or predominant religion was Christianity. And now that is no longer true. We're going to show some stats here in a minute that we are actually in the minority. Correct. Now, if you're a Christian, you now are in the minority in the U.S. And that, and let's just face it, that brings some turmoil. Yeah. That brings some tension in, into yeah. our lives. And, and, and we fight some things that maybe we shouldn't be fighting, and, and, and then we need to stand up in some things that we need to stand up for right. also. So let's just walk through some of these, these stats just to kind of give you an overview of, of what's happening in culture and what's happening also in the, in the Christian world and church world, okay? Uh, quarter three of 2020, in-person attendance is 36% of what it was pre-COVID. Yeah. 36%. That was last year. Yeah. Now, we're in the midst of a pandemic. Right. But it honestly, and they don't, that was the, the, the last, you know, stats, stats they had. But yeah. it, it hasn't gone up a lot. No, I would say in working with a lot of churches in the country, it's been running about 40 to 50% right, right now attendance on Sunday mornings to where it was pre-COVID. Right. And, uh, yeah, that's, I, a lot of churches are approaching this as, well, what do we do to get back to that 100% and get everybody back? And what we're trying to say is, no, you don't understand. It's shifted. There has been a shift. They're not coming They're back. They're not coming back. They're going to do it differently. The latest stat is, bare minimum, 20% of people have left the church. Regular church attenders, 20% have left the church forever, is what they're yeah. estimating. So, And a lot of the new people that we're going to reach will not do it the way we've been doing it. Exactly, exactly. So <clears throat> here's another. This one is amazing. They, they actually surveyed um, people who attend church, okay? Post-COVID, and, and asked this question. Post-COVID, 71% of boomers say they prefer in-person church attendance, okay? So after COVID, is, is if you had a choice of, of staying home watching online or coming to church, yeah. 71% of the generation. <laughs> there's all, there are four of us in the room right now. <laughs> oh, there's more. <laughs> would rather be here in person, okay? Yeah, great. Listen, listen, I listen. would rather be here in exactly. person. Exactly. Listen I'm to not the stat. A boomer. Yeah, exactly. Most, uh, probably most people here would rather be. Yeah, that's why you're here. But here's a stat 41% of Gen Z prefer in person church attendance. 41%. That means most people. Younger than me would rather engage in church online than do it here Correct. in the room. There's a 30 is that per- crazy? That is a 30-point gap between Gen Z and boomers. Yeah. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling yeah. to me. Okay? Do the next one. Americans' membership in houses of worship continued to decline last year, dropping below 50% for the first time in Gallup's eight-decade trend. In 2020, 47% of Americans said they belonged to a church, synagogue, or mosque, down from 50% in 2018 and 70% in 1999. And we actually have a, a graph. Sorry, some of you 
probably can't see this at home. But there's a, we're going to put a graph up here that shows you kind of what the trend has been. If you look at this um, from 1940 all the way up to the year 2000, about 70-ish percent of people in the United States went to church. And that went up and down a few percentage points, but basically stayed fairly flat. From 2000 to now, it's dropped from 70% to 47%. That's a huge change. That is a seismic shift in culture and what we're living in. And that's some of the tension that we are living in. Right. It's some of the apprehension. We said, where's this going, you know? So, and we always ask the question, so like you said before, do we fight it or do we learn how to leverage it? Right. And so that's... That's huge difference. That's kind of some of the questions we're asking. Exactly. And so with, with all those stats and things that are happening, there's also a funding issue that's going on. Yep. Okay. And so I want to give you some stats. Not stat- just attendance. Not just attendance. Also funding for, the, for what we have to kind of look at. Um, and these are secular stats. Okay. And, and again, talking about some generations, what's, what's happening in generation. Boomers uh, make, make up 43% of total giving. Okay. And that's total nonprofit giving. Nonprofit. It's not just not church. Not just churches. Yeah. All, all non-profit. All non-profit giving. Yeah, this is yeah, it's just not specific to church, except that 48% of them donate to a church. Okay, Gen X, 20% of total giving. You're not holding your weight. Yeah, I know. We suck. <laughs> 38% donate to a church. Wait till you get to millennials. Then the millennials, 11% of total giving, 32% donate to a church. I had a question in first service. What happened to the other 26% or something? It's actually, what's a generation older than boomers? Either elders or matures. Yeah, they, they, make up, they basically make up. People who are older than brown yeah. <laughs> make up the other. <laughs> is there anybody older than me? <laughs> but, but so it just gives, gives you a synopsis of, of what is happening. So you throw all that together and you think, okay, what's next for the church? Now, here's what, the, these are just stats. Go ahead. Can I insert here that? Yeah. This is one of the things, we were actually supposed to have a whole panel up here. Right. right? This is part of what is different between us old folks and some of you youngers who are still sitting here going, what's the big deal? So what? Um, We were supposed to have Jordan and Trevor up here too, and as you were talking to them, they both kind of went, I don't know what I'm supposed to say because I don't get what the big deal is. Yeah. Well, one of the things you said that you were feeling a little angst about or stress about was... Look at these figures, and we've got to decide. I mean, like, what happens if we can't afford to pay for this place anymore? And what was their response? So? So? We don't need a building. And don't take that negatively, because that was the first thing that came through my mind, was, what do you mean, so? Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, That's this is totally, what I threw my life to. It's a totally different perspective. It's just a different perspective. And it, it, it was like a light bulb came on and said, we're, we're operating on two different levels of planes, and there's not... Because what they were basically saying is that it doesn't matter. We're still going to go do ministry. Yeah. We're, still, we're still engaged. We're still going to do this. Because they see a, ministry they, totally different. Totally different than what we do. And, and, there's, and that's okay. We just got to be aware of that. So Now, time out. Yeah. <laughs> we're not stopping what we're doing here that, in the building, right? You want to? Yeah, because this is where it gets scary for, yeah. for those of us. And some of you might be saying, oh, what, do you, uh, what do you mean it's all changing? It, right. It's not. Right. The, the physical church will always meet. Yeah. We are going to pour as much time, and Sunday, night, Sunday morning is not going away. We're going to try to make it as, as, as best as we can, reach as many people as we can. It's not going away. We're not saying we're going to dump. That's not the vision. We just want you to understand cultural shifts coming down the road. We are going to it's continue to meet. Part the church it. will always continue to meet. Right. It's biblical. You know, there's going to be a community. Will it look exactly like this? Maybe not. Right. But we are not abandoning what we're doing whatsoever. We are going to continue to go and 
and, and do whatever we possibly can. Yeah, so, but, so don't be freaked out by this. Just be aware of what is happening. And, there's, and that there's much more than what you see here on Sunday mornings. Um, and really, we're going to lean into what else can we do uh, because we, the, they're right. We don't have to have a building to do ministry. Right. And in fact, in a lot of places, if you look at the big C church in the world, the places that it's growing the fastest don't have buildings. They can't have buildings. Yeah. So do you know where the... Well, you do. I do. we looked it up. <laughs> you know where the two fastest growing churches are in the world? The, the uh, Where countries? the gospel is, is taken over yeah. exponentially. Yeah. This is recent data just in the last year or two. Iran and Afghanistan. Exploding. And I'm pretty sure... Yeah, which is awesome. I'm pretty sure they're doing it without buildings. They... I mean, it's places that you could literally be killed for having a Bible or meeting as a church. Right. And, it, and a church is exploding, and we're worried about what's happening here. Yeah. And I get that, you know, I, and I understand that. But understand that, again, we believe that the physical church will always, there will always be a community connection with the church. There's no, there's no question about that. We're not trying to, to go away from that. Actually, I had somebody say, say well, well, yeah, but it's, it's so important. Yes, it is important. It's why we're doing worship night tonight. Right. You know, the community is absolutely important. Will we continue to say, hey, Gen Z and millennials, yeah, you need to be you need to be connected. Right. Yeah. So anyway, have we? Yeah. We, Get off your soapbox. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but here's what I think we have to ask, especially our generations, is what is the next generation worth? Right. What is the next generation worth to us? And we are not going to be the ones, us Gen Xers and us Boomers are not going to be the ones that are going to figure it out, right. because it's so hard for me to get into the mindset of what this, these next generations, so we have, to, we have to give them the tools and what have you to, to do ministry in the way that is going to reach people and transform lives and help people take next steps in those generations. Right. It's, it's our responsibility to, 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 to let that happen. Because the answers we have aren't the answers we need. Correct. Because they're not of this generation. Exactly. Um, We've talked, I guess, before about how for our generations, then, what's our responsibility? And this is where I kind of want to talk to those of us who have been here for a while and really geared towards people who are a part of this church. If you're a guest, uh, please understand we're talking to people. Yeah, yeah this is for people who are in, who, who are say, in Cross Crossbridge is my home. You know, I firmly believe that God calls you to a church, yeah. not just pastors. They call people to a church. You're here for a reason. And so if you're just kind of checking this whole thing out, is Crossbridge, this is for people who are in, who, who call Crossbridge home. Yeah, so it hit me a few years ago that my role, my responsibility now may be to fund the dreams of the next generations. And I remember when what that was like when I was in ministry when I was young, and I... I had two responses to where we were so passionate about where God was leading us and how we were supposed to do church and everything. And we got two reactions from people within the church. And one of them was um, from older people who kind of said, no, this, that's not the way we do things. In fact, um, you know, we're supporting this church. I'm giving money to keep this church going. And this is the way, you know, in a sense, a consumer mindset, this is the way I want it for, for me. And then there was another group of people who said, um, I get it. Uh, and I'm going to use some of you. There's a few people in here that will know this name. Um, and I always remember this guy. His name was Dave Timbrook. 
and uh, unfortunately he passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, and he always stuck out to me. He was an elder at the time that we made the change from selling our property and going portable and really changing how we did ministry and what kind of church we were so that we could reach more people. And he stayed with us after the change uh, to become portable for um, a few years after that. And I remember he reached a time, his health was getting a little worse, and they lived over in Ohio, and he said, you know, we feel like it's time for us to look for a different church, but I want you to know that we are fully behind what you're doing here, and we stuck this out, and we supported the church, and we made the change, not because it's what we want, because he said, honestly, I'll tell you, this is not my style of music. This is not, I don't like being portable. This is not the way I want to do church. But I'm seeing that you're ministering to people, and people are coming to a relationship with Christ, and we wanted to support that. And I remember thinking when I heard him say that is, God, that's who I want to be when I grow up. If I could have that kind of heart to say, hey, when, when it's time for the next generation to figure out what this is going to look like and how we're going to reach people for Christ, I want to be so behind it. And man, wouldn't it be even better if they didn't have to worry about financially figuring out how they were going to chase their dreams and their passions. And so God has just spoken to me and said, part of my role for this season of my life is, how can I help fund those passions for the next generation? Yeah, I love that. I love that heart. You cried twice now. So Thanks. appreciate that. <laughs> but that is it. I mean, honestly, that, that is our heart. And the vision of this church is not spectacular. It's not bl- transforming lives by helping people take next steps doing everything we can to reach this next generation. So how are we going to do that? And as we talked earlier, I, you know, I had been praying and, and, and asking God, just show me, give me wisdom of, of what's next for C3. And, and I was looking for this big, oh, it's this big thing, and, and here's what the next hill we're going to go, and we're going to go. And, and the only thing I heard was pay off the debt. And that was it. It's exciting I thought, well, stuff. I, I thought, that's not spectacular <laughs> at all, <laughs> you know. And, and so I talked to Barb, and, and we talked about it, and she said, yeah, I, it makes perfect sense. I, I went to Bruce and said, you know, this is, this is the only thing I'm hearing is pay off the debt. And, and he said, yeah, I, I, I think that's, that's... For what reason? Th- so that we can continue to do ministry, so we can be flexible in what it is, no matter what comes down the road. And again, this is just the next step. Right. This is what God, I, I, I believe as lead pastor, God is saying, Brad, your next step for this church is to pay off the debt. And then we'll worry about everything else that comes down. Because that's going to set us up to be able to And, and honestly, I didn't say this in the first service, but man, it just freed me up. Just a few weeks ago, as a matter of fact, after, after the talk with Trevor and Jordan, it was just like this weight was lifted off of me and said, pay off the debt, continue to pursue, do Sunday mornings the best you possibly can, continue to build into people's lives, do C3 sports, do everything you're doing, do the digital just like you're doing, don't change a thing, enjoy the ride, pay off the debt, and watch what I'm going to do. Yeah. And, and it, was, it was just... It, it was so cool. And so it's not spectacular. The, the vision, the vision yeah. is transforming lives. Right. This pay off the debt thing is just in the, in the background. Right. To make, make us able to, whatever happens, whatever comes down the road, five years, ten years down the road, we are flexible enough that we can move and do whatever God asks us to do because we don't have to worry about any kind of debt. Right. So that's yeah, if, so where if, we're heading. If God takes us to um, 
partnering with people in the community more, and we can give more money to organizations Man. in the community. Would, would Think of what we could do. Would it be, not be cool just to be able to give tens of thousands of dollars away yeah. every year? You know, awesome. and stuff like that. And so, so yeah, that's, there's no question in my mind that God is asking us our next step is to do that, is to pay off the debt. And, and here's what I want to say. We are so fortunate. You guys have been so faithful, so, so great. Um, the last two years during COVID, uh, we haven't met budget, but we've been very close to budget. We have not had to worry about, can we do ministry? Can we not do ministry? We've done extra things. So you guys have been amazing uh, with, with giving things. Can we do better? Obviously, always. Sure. You know, we can always be more, more generous. You could eat fewer blizzards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so we're, we're going to launch this. It's, it's a campaign that's not a campaign. You know, a lot of churches will say, hey, we're going to do a campaign. We're going to invite you in and feed you pie and have you fill out a pledge card. We're, we're going to ask you to pray. Just over the next few weeks, just pray, say, God, what, what are you asking me to do? Can I join this? And we're going to start basically the next gen initiative. How are we going to do do this and, and by paying off the debt and give you some numbers, okay? Um, the mortgage we still, or the, the loan we took out on this building to expand and do all the, all the technology, things like that, the only thing that's left is about $63,300. Uh, on the whole property, we owe $557,500. So it's about $600,000, which isn't really a whole lot. Sound, if you're not used to commercial organizational numbers and you're just used to your home finances, you're probably going, whoa, that's a lot. Let me kind of put it in perspective right. real quick. Uh, our annual budget is, if I'm thinking right, it's in four the 450,000 four 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 range. So our, what we have left combined in debt is a little more than one year's budget. So in a sense, if you had a $70,000 income job and you were living in a $100,000 house and had a mortgage, that's kind of it is. where it is. So exactly. it's great perspective. Very comfortable for where we are. So this thing is, and, and here's, as Barb and I have been praying and talking, here, here's what we're, what we're going to do, okay? Uh, and I'm not trying to say this as a, as a, this is just what we feel like God is asking us to do right now, and, and it may change. And, and we may end up doing a campaign a year down the road or, or what have you. See how things, things are going. We're going to kind of keep this in, in front of you for the next several years. Is, I feel like God is, is asking Barb and I to give $100 a month in, a, in addition to what we're already tithing. Okay, so we're going to give $100 extra every month, which is going to be about $1,200 a year. And I started doing the math as you do when you start thinking about paying all this math. I've had Michael run numbers, what have you. And we have 150 giving units, okay, in the church. Even if 50 of those giving units said, you know what, I I can do that. I can can stop. For me, it's going to be, you know, one less pizza and some donuts every every week, okay? (laughs) This is a sacrifice, I'm telling you right now. And so... You know, that's what we're going to do. And if 50 people joined that, that would be $60,000 a year. We would pay this thing off in five or six years. Yeah. And, and it's, it's very doable. It's very, and so what's that mean for you? I don't know. You just need to pray. Yeah. You know, for some of you, it just may be, be, yeah, you know what? I just need to start being generous and start supporting the church in itself. You know, and that's, that's where you start. It may be right. God's asking you to say, yeah, I want you to do something above and beyond what you're already giving towards this campaign so we can be flexible enough to reach this next generation. For some of you might be sitting out there and saying, $100 a month, there is no, there's no possible way I could do that in, in my budget. And I get that. But it might be something. It might be just, just one little step of, of, hey, and then a bunch of you together, you know. And let's just be honest. There's some people that $100 is, honestly, that's not even a stretch for you. It's, it's, it's not even a challenge for you. And maybe God's asking you to even step it up more than that. I don't know what it is. You know, it's, it's one of those things that 
we just ask you to pray and earnestly speak, hear God speak to you of, of what is he asking me to do for the next generation. And we'll, we're going to watch him do some, some amazing things. Yeah. And we can't reiterate enough, this is not the vision. Right. Okay, the vision is transform lives by helping people take next steps with God, reaching the next generations because it doesn't look different. Because you know who the next generations are? They're my grandkids. And they're going to be your grandkids. You know, now that you're a grandfather, it, it changes everything, doesn't it? Yeah. And you think of, of, of those kids, of, of what they're facing in the world, what they're going to be up against. How can we best design this thing that God has designed to reach the world, this church, right. so that we can reach those generations? There are kids. Yep. There are great grandkids and great-grandkids. And so I'm willing to do whatever it takes, and that's what we're asking. Don't lose sight of the vision of where we're heading. Right. God's doing amazing things. You guys have been a huge part of that. And I just think this is where he's taking us next. That's our next step. Yep. Any final thoughts? Nope. Let's pray. Okay. <laughs> Would you pray with me? Father, this is your church. This is not about any one person. It's not about buildings. It's, it's just about how you want to reach people for you. No matter what generation, no matter what age group they are, people taking next steps. God, we, we, we praise you for the, the lives that are being transformed, that have been transformed, and are continuing to be transformed here. God, we just want to be the best stewards we possibly can. And, and I just believe that you are asking us to take this next step so that we can be ready to do whatever you're asking us to do in the very near future. And when these generations get reached, when people come to know you, when people take these next steps, God, we will give you all the praise and all the glory for it because it's all about you. It's in the priceless name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for hanging in there for all this time and just listening to us ramble. Yeah. I hope it's given you some, some, some different thought processes of, of, of where we're heading and, and just being all in and part of that. Don't forget tonight at 6 o'clock, our worship service, we're going to come in here and we're just going to praise and worship God. It's going to be amazing. Come back at 6. It's going to be great. We'd love to see you. Have a great rest of the day. We'll see you next Sunday. Thanks.